Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. find a way to fix that the setting is is i don't know if the volume's up on this player and this thing until Until you try it until i try it and and then i'm always well Mm -hmm. i guess i could do things before the show so why start doing that now yeah we got a few things to get to but but, first of all uh, okay go ahead first of all thank you else you know what a certain uh a uh, beloved listener would probably appreciate that. That step on is dedicated to a friend of ours, a listener, uh, a minifan, friend of Kirk's, um, who uh, we just found out, just shocked, uh, passed away. John Stewart. Mm-hmm. Back in October. So, um, yeah. Big friend of the Burn Barrel. Yeah, no, he was great. I remember him he messaging on the... Whatever that thing is, a speak squap or whatever the thing is. That we- <laughs> no, he would be there in the live stream. Yes, he was on our stream. Patreon and everything. A huge booster of us and our show and reached out on Twitter all the time with story. Just an awesome guy. Like, so generous with his time and energy and everything, too. Yeah, and a great a great part of Kirk's show, the KMS mm-hmm. show. He was a nice, really nice presence when he was in there. I thought he brought a copious notes and he was dutiful and... It's just you know what it is, um, and we don't. He was only fifty nine years old. Uh, it said after a brief illness when on his uh, obit, and um, you know it's it's he's one of those guys that you you like. I'm sorry, you you think about you think okay. Guess what? You know Tom Shattuck just died at fifty nine. You're like, wow, he probably went out loud and like a jerk. You know, like yeah. even like. Uh, you know, Kirk catches a heart attack while he's while he's jogging. You know, or uh, Montante. You know, manners. You know, all of us are kind of a holes. And with mm-hmm. like with John Stewart, he was not that. No, he and was- if you look at his obituary, it is a litany of stuff he did for other people, ways he volunteered and things he did for the community and places he went. And he wasn't just generous of his time. Well, can to you the list them off? I don't want to, I don't know. I don't want to be Podcast. macabre or anything, but if there is something that we could highlight, cause I mean, we should, yeah, there is a thing to, you can donate to as well. Um, but, um, Let's see. It says, uh, prior to serving at the state level, he worked for the city of Worcester in the treasury office. He also worked for the Worcester Public Library, served on the board of directors for the Worcester Public Library, member of the Worcester Election Commission, member of the Worcester Republican City Committee, member of the Save and Restore Coe's Pond Committee, served as a grand knight as a member of the St. Paul's Cathedral Knights of Columbus, was active in state and local politics, creating and maintaining valued friendships he formed along the way with members of both parties. As a young man, he was active in Boy Scouting, served as an altar boy, was in junior achievement and model UN. Um, 
Yeah, he dedicated himself to public service. He worked for the Massachusetts Department of Public Health for 30 years and most recently the Division for Children and Youth with Special Health Needs. He was recognized for his response to the COVID pandemic and his significant contribution to the work of Mass 211 during the crisis. He worked around the clock at the call center to assist in spite of health risks he might encounter. One major project for the state he contributed greatly to was the Hearing Aid Fund because he personally saw how it affected his family. Wow, just a lovely guy. Lovely guy. And in- it says contributions in lieu of flowers can be made to the Pioneers Care Program at St. John's High School in Shrewsbury. So, um, yeah. I mean, I guess you had more in you, you had more of a, a running rapport with him. Yeah, I asked you a little while ago if you'd heard anything from him in a while because I hadn't like he like I say, he would send us stories and stuff all the time on Twitter or like ask questions. It, it, he was a religious guy, as I think you can glean from that obituary, too. So, you know, we would talk religion and stuff sometimes on Twitter. He would ask questions about where I heard stuff or what I had heard about you know something i said on the podcast or whatever and um yeah no we did have it it really like he was one of the good ones and like really somebody on twitter that i would consider like a friend on there yeah you know what this is it stinks because yeah i hadn't heard from him in a little while and was wondering but you know uh, or seen him in any of our live streams or whatever or yeah this is it feels like it's been in the last couple of years and in in actually COVID a COVID death was one of these I don't I don't know if it's no indication that John Stewart died of COVID well, I don't know but it it seems like in the last couple of years there have been a lot of deaths that really seem unnecessary mm-hmm. you know like a, a good friend of my brother's as well um, named Christine who was uh, who was fantastic um, who who just didn't like when you think about a group of people she she was one of those people who have a um, just the, the always a force for positivity, always mm-hmm. like at any gathering, a party or whatever. And actually, she was a, a a fan as well. And and you know, you never it just you don't it like this is this fits under that category of does it seems very unnecessary that we need to not have John Stewart around. You yeah. Know? What did he do? But be good, <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah. So I yeah I don't know I don't know I don't know I, don't know. I mean but, but a, the, as Kirk was saying, you know what we should play Kirk's yeah, play. show because it's a uh, to um and God help me for using this word but to amplify um his positive message actually I just think is a is a good idea because Kirk made a little video for him uh, today which was um a, a nice tribute is that where you found out Alice. Um, I saw some people commenting, saying stuff that made it sound like John Stewart was dead, and then I went looking and found that, yeah, so. Just read the obituary. Uh, John Stewart passed away uh, at the end of October. Great Minda fan, crazy loyal, came on the show, one of the best callers ever, and just a really nice guy. Uh, you know, talked about his son a lot. I think he really obviously loved him. Just awful and devastated. I feel so bad for him. Uh, and his family. We'll do a big tribute show for John on Friday. Um, we're thinking of them, but just awful, awful news. Yeah, nicely said. Absolutely. Nice and simple. Um, and you know, I, I mean, obviously, the thing is, is that the, you know, since it happened in October, it's not as if you can, mm-hmm. you, you can. I mean, you can certainly send sentiments to the family, obviously. But it's not as if you can, you know, like, drop a lasagna off or anything, you know? Right. Um, but, um, yeah, there you go. I don't have much more to say about it. I just, it just uh, you know, I think it's unfortunate. I think he was way too young to be dead, uh, to die. And, uh, my, yeah, it's terrible for his family. Especially since, you know, he, it sounded like he died after a brief illness, which means mm-hmm. they didn't see this coming, yeah. I assume. You know, sometimes, I mean, I'm not, I would never promote cancer, but sometimes, you know, you can see a little bit, you can see how much runway you've got left and, and kind of handle affairs. I don't know if that, I don't know. I don't want to get, I don't want to drag us uh, any more into it, but uh, R.A.P. John Stewart, certainly. All right. Should we, uh, do you want to say more or should we move uh, on? I don't know. I, I just like, it, I saw this so close to when we started the show. I'm like thrown off now, honestly, because, because he was such a great guy and I, it felt like I knew him a little bit, and that it just 
it just stinks. Yeah, I oh, I know we should move on to other stuff probably, but yeah. So let's, well, you know, uh, let me say it this way. I'm trying not to be, trying not to be too corny. Um, but I think John Stewart was a fan of the content of the show. And would want us to do And would probably content. want us to do a show. So let's, we'll do a show. Okay, so I want to start out with something here, Alice, that was in the Wall Street Journal <laughs> a couple of days ago, and I wish I had seen it because it's just just incredible. And it's by it's it's essentially in an interview with Jonathan Haidt. You know Jonathan Haidt, right? Mm-hmm. It's yeah, yeah. the broken generation thing, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he has this. He's got this great this great interview essentially in Wall Street Journal, where he's talking about what happened to Zillennials. Zenials are generally born between 97 and like 2004 or something. And he's like, what ha- why are these Zenials and mostly girls broken? Why are they emotionally messed up? So um, his feeling is, and this actually hit home to me, his feeling is, is that essentially it's been screens. And he said, uh, he said that, that, that he imagines literally launching, launching our children into outer space and letting their bodies grow there. They would come out deformed and broken. Their limbs wouldn't be right. You can't physically grow up in outer space. Human bodies can't do that. Yet we basically do that to them socially. We launch them into outer space, and, and you know we we expect they will grow up normally without having normal human experiences. And that's the whole yeah. social media world, et cetera, and the internet world. And that does scare me because at least recently the kids, most of our kids, have been on screens too much, way that too much. Yeah, that. yeah. So 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 anyway, it goes on this. Mr. Height's research, confirmed by that of others, shows that depression rates started to rise all of a sudden around 2013, especially for teen girls. But it's only Gen Z, not the older generations. If you'd stopped collecting data in 2011, he says, you'd see little change from previous years. By 2015, it's an epidemic. What happened in 2012? When, when the oldest Gen Z babies were in their middle teens... That was the year Facebook acquired Instagram, and young people flocked to the latter site. It was also the beginning of the selfie era. Apple's iPhone 4, released in 2010, had the first front-facing camera, which was much improved in the iPhone 5, introduced two years later. Social media and selfies hit a generation that had led an overprotected childhood, in which the age at which children were allowed outside on their on their own by their parents had risen from the norm of previous generations, seven or eight, to between 10 and 12. That meant the first social media generation was one of the weakest kids, weakened of what was, sorry, that meant that the first social media generation was one of weakened kids who hadn't practiced the skills of adulthood in a low-stakes environment with other children. They were deprived of the normal toughening, the normal strengthening, the normal anti-fragility, before 2010, teenagers had flip phones. They'd text each other and say, let's meet down the mall. They would do things together. Now their childhood is largely just through their phone. They no longer even hang out together. Teenagers even drive less than earlier generations did. Mr. Haight especially wor- uh, worries about girls. By 2020, more than 25% of female teenagers had, quote, a major depression. The comparable number for boys was just under 9%. Comparable numbers for millennials at the same age registered at half the Gen Z rate, about 13% for girls and 5% for boys. Kids are on their devices all the time, he says, but boys play video games, often in groups. Boys thrive if they have a group of boys competing against one another against another group of boys. Mm -hmm. Most girls, by contrast, are drawn to visual platforms, Instagram and TikTok in particular. Those are about display and performance. You post your perfect life, and then you flip through the photos of other girls who have a more perfect life, and you feel depressed. He calls this phenomenon compare and despair, and says it seems social because uh, it seems social because you're communicating with people, but it's performative. You don't actually get social relationships. You get weak, fake social links. Mm-hmm. Um. So, um. 
Mr. Hate says that he has no antipathy, 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 antipathy. Yes, towards the young, and calls millennials amazing. Older folks, uh, old folks, make fun of them, but that's the normal teasing across generations. But he says to illustrate his point about Gen Z, Mr. Hate challenges people to name young people today who are really changing the world, who are doing big things that have an impact beyond their ecosystem. Can you? Hmm. I don't know if I can. He can think of only two, neither of them American, Greta Thunberg, 19, the Swedish climate militant, and Malala Yousafzai, the 20, 25, the Pakistani advocate for female education. By contrast, he says millennials remade the entire world, though not necessarily for the better. Mark Zuckerberg, born in 1984, founded Facebook when he was 20. Mm-hmm. So, so he is essentially saying that they're a lost generation. Yes, and they're not the in the girls. physical world. And that they're, everything is coming from their screens. Right. And in particular, I thought the point about the boys versus the girls was interesting because boys have always played video games in a social way. Um, you know, when I was in high school, people had LAN parties to play games and stuff or, you know, various things. But now you obviously don't need that because you can play socially online and play with your friends. And I think... Um, that there is sort of a human interaction happening there versus on on these platforms where it's so fake and so so oh, how to put this it's just it's a really it's a really like toxic and pretend environment on things like Instagram right and you can feel it happening even with yourself like more old people like us are on Facebook generally speaking mm -hmm. um but you can feel it even with that, that if you're on Facebook too long and looking at people's stuff, you like start to feel ill because yes. it is so performative yep. and you're seeing these like beautiful manicured houses. And the what I the time I think when I first noticed it was like there was one fall weekend one year when it seemed like everybody I knew all went apple picking that weekend. Yeah. And all had pictures of their kids apple picking that weekend all together and it felt like weird coordinated activity like and i felt like something was literally wrong with me for, that i hadn't taken the kids apple picking like i i missed something i was supposed to do as a parent or whatever and i think that's like the older person's version but if that's all you have right if that's all your social interaction is like seeing stuff like that and feeling like that you can imagine how that would be incredibly like mentally damaging if that's like all you see from a young age that being said, I do think there's like a tiny bit of like a moral panic aspect to this, mm -hmm. too. I, think, I, I don't think screen time is good for kids. I don't think social media is good for young people and young women in particular. Um, Morgan says his boys aren't allowed to use social media and he makes them listen to Matt Walsh. And that is our kids do spend too much time on screens, but not really with social media. That's not. Really yeah, but with idiot stuff. I mean, this the YouTube stuff they watch is just crap. YouTube is terrible. I hate YouTube. If I yeah. could if I could delete YouTube from every device in the house, I absolutely would. But yeah. And I hear them like adopting the language. You know, we our kids now. Are, are, I hate YouTube. Our, so our kids much. now. Our kids was saying. Uh, I have uh, it like bro, time limited. Bro, what? Come on, bro. I and have they, it they got time that limited on from, all the devices. Playing and games I on, still, on YouTube. Like, I have it time yeah. limited on We're not everything. Good at that. We got to get better. That. We're just making them stupid. But, and they're uh, all, oh, oh. but anyway, yeah, long story short, but it but I do think but I do think there is like a moral panic aspect where I don't think that it's like, you know, my generation played video games and people are like, oh, oh along buy those them video lines, games. Alice, can <clears throat> Sally get Google Meet? Uh, a video chat app? Yes. Why does she need a video chat app? I don't know. I don't I only get the request. No. All right. Sayonara, Sal. Good try. <laughs> Thank you. This has been fun. Um, but I, you know, I, I think there's good and bad things to anything. Our four-year-old could basically read now because he wants to be able to read stuff in Roblox. So now he can read, which is cool. <laughs> I mean, so now he knows how to, uh, you know, write a note asking for Robux. Which is awesome. <laughs> Um, I'll decline the Instagram request to it. Yes. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I'm speaking. Somebody's one of them is messaging me right now. Um, but yeah, I I think there anything can be bad or good. Um, but 
I, you know, I do think there is like a lot of dangers lurking there. I mean, I think there were dangers lurking there when I was young, too. Right. Like, for example, um, I think the widespread availability of porn to my generation, like, broke the brains of everybody my age and younger about I mean maybe it's better for younger people now because maybe parents get it more and there's like more parental blocking and stuff but basically people in my age could just like see porn like I if your parents like didn't realize how much stuff was out there on the internet by the time I was like 14 I could see stuff that like you know, my parents' generation didn't know videos like that existed in the world or that, like, people did things right. like that, you know, which I don't think also is good for your brain. Certainly not for boys who then watched a ton of it. Of course. So, of course. and now, like, and now you're supposed to date these idiots that, like, have that as their core formative sexual experience of life of, like, what they want and what they find attractive and a turn on for them. Like, can't have that. No, I totally, I totally agree. I mean, I would say, <clears throat> no, like e- even the, the stuff I've seen you watch, is um, th- it would be the stuff you've seen me watch that would be if what? would be <laughs> don't worry about it <laughs> would be um, any of that stuff um, if would be unacceptable to even approach, in, even with most prostitutes in 1993. You're not asking. You know, the Lewinsky itself was a very sensitive ask and that you could get in big, if you dared even ask, it better, it was seriously a thing where that had to be come across <clears throat> extremely organically. You couldn't ask because that was, seriously, a guy, boyfriends would get in trouble because you're suggesting that she was slutty is what the, what, what the yeah. connotation was. But like, and do you remember get in that, trouble. So do you, you remember never... that Massachusetts case with the girl and the hockey team and that whole thing? Yeah. Yes. Of I course. mean, like, was that conceivable that that could have happened when you were in high school? It's thank God there wasn't a smartphone involved there. Um, was that conceivable? Uh, like that people would even have the idea to do that. Like, yeah, well, it was um, a, 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 like the she slept with the entire hockey team, right? I think it was like all uh, BJ's on. Everybody, oh, was it on okay. the team, like in the locker room or something? I don't remember. No, it was the in a hotel. Details, but okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, I mean, there are always exceptional people out there, but who yeah, like I don't hanging know. out with the hockey team probably. But that's no, you're right. That is definitely the kind of behavior that would have been. Yeah, I mean, you, you just never. And it's very, it's it's just, it's totally, it is totally just unrealistic stuff. It's, it's, it's yeah, always bookended. Yeah, and Tommy in New Hampshire says, right, I had to wait for someone's creepy uncle to throw out Playboys and then dig them out of the trash. Yeah. There's just such a huge issue of the level of access and, like, what you're seeing. Like, it's different, I think, as a boy right. who's starting to, like, have those experiences and desires to, like be excited about and the hottest thing you've ever seen is like a naked picture of somebody yes versus like you've seen a bunch of like incredibly graphic gangbangs by the time you're mm-hmm. like in the finishing middle school and entering high school i think that that's like well right and that, you're that's seeing, a total like and, number and, on your and mind for, and for girls girls would never look at it in groups right you just it's just something that, that your friends would do well well, just scroll. I don't. Just, yeah, I don't but, think. But, but I it's think incredible girls that you generally had didn't like watch porn as much. But we had seen all that stuff. Like, how, because, how had you seen it? Well, because people would be like, I mean, like two girls, one cup was mm-hmm. a thing that like went around that people saw. Like, oh my god, can right. you believe this video? You know what I mean? So you're like, well, I mean, yeah, but you, I, I mean that. My worry about the damage of it is, I mean, that's not something that necessarily a lot of people were going right in and emulating. I assume not. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Alice? <laughs> no, I was just thinking wow. about something. No, I was thinking about something else for a second. There was, yeah. I was at one, I don't want to get into too much specifics. I was at a team sleepover for one uh, sports team where we did watch a softcore porn which i assume is but it would you would find interesting but we just watched it for a, a humorous take like we thought it was funny to watch one of these like i don't know late night cable like everything 
it was only like boobs, right? Like nothing. Oh, right. You weren't seeing anything else. But it was like, you know, it would be these like situations and like the music and the whole thing. You know, it was right Uh, corny, and we thought it was funny. Well, but but I think the the thing thing. is, is that like essentially, a lot of the stuff is bookended by, um, really, um, just um, the man humiliating the woman. And so if you're watching this stuff and you're a 15-year-old girl or a 15-year-old guy, you're like, oh, wait, this is a site for people 18 and up, and this is a, this must be how they do it, so this is how you do it. You, well, right. You make sure that and, you- I mean, there's plenty of evidence that porn, like anything else that, you know, makes you feel good, like food and drugs, is like plenty addictive, and, and you develop, a, you know, you need more and more extreme things in order to continue to be stimulated by it. You know what I mean? So there's like, you get used to it and then you want to seek out something that's more. Right. And like, it it only gets worse and more extreme like the further you go. Although I do think I do think young people now, I don't think there's as much access because I think people are like more aware that they need to like lock the internet from their kids a bit and stuff, you know? Like, I have parental settings on our kids' devices, so they can't, like, go to porn sites. That's probably good. Yeah, which, like, I didn't have that. Nobody. Right. So, um, you know, and my friends didn't. Like, our parents didn't know that that, the internet did that, (laughs) I don't think. How would they not? They're both techie, techie people. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know. But, um... (sighs) <sighs> so um okay so so anyway yeah i mean that's a little off topic from the social no, media gonna, stuff I, but i think it's a related <clears throat> i think i think any of this stuff has like bad stuff about it and good stuff about it um well let me just tell you something uh let me end up two more paragraphs with this okay mm-hmm. in the physical world here observes we have more than 100 years of making things safe for our children we require car seats and seat belts we eliminated cigarette vending machines we have fences around pools by contrast tr- contrast Life went onto phone-based apps 10 years ago, and the protections we have for children are zero, absolutely zero. The damage to Generation Z from social media so vastly exceeds the damage from COVID that we're going to have to act. There may be a glimmer of hope. Adolescents, he he says, have an inkling of their own predicament. Mr. Haidt has addressed classes of 7th and 8th graders on the perils of social media. I asked them, would you get off it on your own? Many are afraid to do that, but when I ask, what if everybody could be on... Would that be better? And they said mostly yes. <clears throat> no, he said, what if nobody could be on? And they said that would be better. <clears throat> yeah. So so there you go. And I, I just think I just think that you can't have you can't just can't have kids who are de- minds are developing. It's confusing enough. It's confusing enough. I mean, I understand if you're a kid, then that's the most fun thing in the world, and you get to watch so much stuff this, these days that are... Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, but I mean, I, what I'm saying, I guess, is like, and I think in particular, like, I think the screens in and of themselves thing is a little overblown. Like, I don't think... I, You know, they said the same stuff about our generation playing video games, and remember, there was the stuff, like, that violent video games caused Columbine and stuff, and they right. tried to make those cases and whatever, and, like, I always thought that was, like, a little bit of like an eye roll, you know, right? But it is it is amazing that you don't have kids playing outside anymore. I mean, I think if our kids, if it was summer, I think our kids would have. They do. Our kids play outside. Yeah, though, because too. we yeah. Ha- we happen to have neighbors who have kids the same age who are uh, who are kind of free willing. I mean, they're mm-hmm. just they have no hang ups about stuff. They're about doing things, etc. So we're lucky, but. That's not all the way up the street. That's yeah. not, that's not, you know, there's not too many places. And I mean, even 10 years ago in Melrose, you could see some of the streets. Uh, kids would have to move, um, would have to move um, hockey gold nets uh, out of the street when you drive down them because they were playing street hockey. So they're out there mm-hmm. doing something. I just don't see that anywhere anymore. And I, I now the people just don't do that anymore. And like even us, like, we hiked this weekend with our kids one day. Mm-hmm. But, I took them to the playground this week. They were there for right. like hours. Yep. But, you know, other than that, it's all organized sports pretty much. Mm-hmm. And even with our son. And a lot of kids don't have time to do anything except <clears throat> organized stuff. 
Yeah, and we have... Although our daughter and her friends do, like, they'll walk around and go to each other's houses and do stuff. Yeah, and that they is kind of encouraging. They were baking beignets today at our friend's They were what? Baking beignets. That was What's like, a beignet? It's like a pastry thing. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. But, uh, you know, who knows? Yeah. All right, I got something It'll else. It'll be okay. Do you want to go? go well, I have things, too. Okay, go ahead. Um... So, anyway, so what I wanted to, like, get to first is I've been, like, following the speaker's race thing where they're trying to elect a speaker of the House. And now for the first time in 100 years, they, like, can't get it done um, to elect the speaker of the House. Yes. So, yeah. And, it's been six votes so far? Um, yeah. Because they've they locked themselves to, in, right? Yeah. They're up to five or six now today, and they still can't. There's no movement anymore. There's... There's movement there, away from him, there, I think. Mm, there were 19 people not voting for him and now there's 20 and i think one who's voting present now instead of for him so it's not really like you know you need like 200 more people to change their minds before you can get to anything because the problem for the republicans is is that even though 90 percent of the party is voting for mccarthy it's not enough because they need really almost 100 percent of their own party they can only lose four people out of the 222 of them um and they they can't get there. They can't get there with anybody. They can't get there with anybody that the Freedom Caucus people want. And they can't get there with anybody that the mainstream establishment wants. There are some indications that McCarthy's talking about trying to recruit some Democrats to vote for him because he's close. Right. He's at like he needs 218 and he's at like 212 or something. So or but did you invite? Or, sorry. Or, you invite? Sorry. No, he's at like 203. What? Did, yeah. I, did I invite? What's happening? Did I piss? Did I invite? What are you? I'm not doing it. Why are you talking to me? <laughs> are you phone. really like this with your Hello? phone, like an old man? Okay, don't okay. say anything again. Don't don't start talking. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, which I don't know. It's just such a mess, and it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing for Kevin McCarthy, obviously, mm-hmm. that he can't get. Like these 20 people change their minds. It's embarrassing for Trump, certainly, who's been yelling at people to get their act together and vote for Kevin McCarthy. Um, and it's, I mean, the, there, there will be a Speaker of the House eventually. This is going to, somebody's going to be it. So, um, but the whole thing where, you know, everybody's just frozen. And and Byron Donald said this last night, like we have to go back to the drawing board and find somebody um, that the whole party can agree on because we have to, we have to get there and get this across the finish line and have a speaker. And like, nobody has the votes right now. Somebody has to have the votes. Like we need to get somebody out here who has the votes. So then today they were all voting for him, which is fine, but it's like still the same 20 people. Nobody's budging. Right. And I think, you know, it's interesting to me. It was kind of cool. So it is like should be in the I love Byron Donald, obviously. I think we both do. He spoke at the Massachusetts GOP convention, by the way. I don't know if you knew that. Did you remember that? Yes. Um, But he's great. And um, basically uh, uh, people putting him into nomination was a whole historic thing. Like that's the because he's a black man yeah. and it's historic but i think you will be surprised to find out that not everybody thought that was an historic first oh no no cory bush tweeted for what it's worth byron donald is not a historic candidate for speaker he is a prop despite being black oh that's great he supports a policy agenda intent on upholding and perpetuating white supremacy his name being in the mix is not progress it's pathetic so there you go. You lose being black. You lose being historic. You lose all of that. If you don't think like the rest of the herd. Wow. Right. Um, can we work over to my story? I feel like we've gone lower energy. Not, not because of you. Okay. Are you being salty at me? Okay. You know, if I were your topic, you'd yell at me for not caring about it. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Kevin McCarthy, I mean, I don't want, all I can say to you is this. I like the chaos, and I hope it keeps happening. I hope the whole government shuts down and fails, and this country is nuked. That's what, that's what I feel. <laughs> okay. Noted. All right. So, uh, Dateline. This is excellent, Alice. Listen to this. Don't look. Have you looked at this yet? No. The Hartford Police thing? No. So, over the weekend, mm-hmm. the Hartford Police had Community Day, in which new recruits, so 36 trainees... from the police academy, walked the streets and sidewalks of Hartford. They said hi to people and did this and that, and they were men, women, black and white, you know, fat, skinny, whatever. These are young recruits. They said hi. They put out a picture, uh, a video on Twitter showing them just walk down the street. They were marching in uh, columns of two-by-twos, but they were walking, really. There was no, it wasn't a tight march or anything. They were just uh, in tandem, you know, type two-by-two. Saying hi to people, all everything's fine. <clears throat> you know, the people of Hartford call 911 a lot because there's a lot of crime in this city. Right. So this is a, an effort to get back to community policing. Mm-hmm. How do you think the good progressives of Hartford took this? Uh, as threatening and scary and mean and uh, racist? Hartford police... Community Day video draws fire as intimidating and bad optics. This is Don Stakem of the Hartford Current. Hartford police sent 36 trainees to learn about city social services and neighborhood policing as a community relations effort. But the department's video, Twitter video of recruits walking two by two in formation along Park Street has drawn a furious backlash. First of all, excellent story selection by the Hartford Current making a some Twitter responses the entire story but might as well they can't afford reporters anymore so might as well do it here we go when i think community i definitely imagine an invading army threatening my neighbors one twitter user wrote this just looks like a gang reminding the citizens who runs the turf another added among more than 120 comments on the hartford police posting Virtually all condemned the 15-second video, with descriptions ranging from bad optics to intimidating and beyond. Imagine deploying housing inspectors in these numbers with this level of confidence. City Council member Josh Mictum, a Working Families Party member, commented. So just so you know, this guy Josh Mictum is one of these real woke white guys with a with a ponytail who like plays the trumpet, you know, and is like whatever. Working Families Party in in, in um, Connecticut is the yes, I, the squad. that's AOC. Yeah, <clears throat> right. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, "Imagine." By the way, I need your help with this sentence and your full attention. Okay. Imagine deploying housing inspectors in these numbers with this kind of level of confidence. He said, "What does that mean?" Say that again. I'm going to say it again. So this time you're going to listen, right? Okay. Okay. Imagine deploying housing inspectors in these numbers and with this level of confidence. City Councilor Josh McDum said. <laughs> Do they not have housing inspectors? I don't know. Nobody knows. <laughs> Police Chief Jason Todi, T-H-O-D-Y, on Tuesday acknowledged that the tweet intended to highlight his department's community relations work had backfired. Hmm. The police chief sells the recruits right down the river. So they know they they know what to expect. A police staff member made a poor choice by select. By the way, this now is not in quotes. This next line: mm-hmm. A police staff member made a poor choice by selecting a video that could be misconstrued. Thody said 
while missing a day's worth of community building exercises the recruit the recruit class did. That's a great sentence there, huh? Mm-hmm. That is not in quotes. So I don't know what Thody said, or if he kind of said that, or if he said none of that, or if the Hartford Current just said, you know, you know, it'd be good if, <laughs> if he said this quote. Just say it. It didn't embody what the day was about. It was community day for the academy. Thody said they were moving recruits from point A to point B in an organized way. But I can see where some of that may trigger people. Freaking police chief is saying this. Yeah, and throwing the person who picked the video clip under the bus. Somebody well, made a bad choice. We'll find them. <laughs> right. But like, also, what Thody should say is, we get thousands of 911 calls from the community every single week. We're introducing the community to the new recruits and the new recruits to the community. We're proud of what they're doing. We intend to be interacting with the community going forward. That is all he should say. All he should well, say. Well, with all the crime going on in Connecticut, yes. shouldn't everybody be happy that there's visible police officers walking the streets? Why is he not allowed to say that? Why can't, Why does well, he have to apologize for allowing police officers to be seen? Because that's scary. Well, it should is, be scary to some people. There are some people that need to be a yes. little bit scared that there could be a police officer yes. after that. Yes, the thing is, he's, he's acting like an activist because, you know, that's what the mayor wants. But first of all, he's allowed to say that. He's just a pussy. The mayor's also a pussy. <laughs> well, Morgan says in the chat, I'm sorry, but if you want to be a cop in Hartford in this environment, you might be nuts. I think that's true. Like, who would want to put Hold up on. with this? Alice, this 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 um, news story has not gone full bore yet. We're okay. about to get the attention. Okay. The tweet, posted December 29th, was partly intended as a recruiting message and showed 36 recruits with police jackets and khaki pants walking swiftly along Park Street. Swiftly. <laughs> They wore gun belts. Yes, <laughs> police. But police did. said the weapons were facsimiles to get them accustomed to carrying the weight of the guns they'll receive at graduation. Alice, tell me something. Why did this guy include the fact that they wore gun belts? To make it sound like it was really scary. But don't police usually wear gun belts? With they wore gun guns? belts, but okay. police said the weapons were facsimiles to get them accustomed to carrying them. That sentence, they wore gun belts, is in mm-hmm. there so that they can say guns. Because they don't have guns. What else <laughs> do we have? We have gun belts. Put it in. Put in gun belts and put in facsimile. Maybe half the people won't know what facsimile <laughs> means. <clears throat> Beneath the video was a cheery caption, HPD recruits walk to different neighborhoods to learn about community policing. The cheery caption. You think the current is pleased with that caption? Almost as soon as it was, post- it was posted... Twitter users replied with a long series of posts condemning the video as looking like an occupying army. Occupying Be- army? Right. Uh-huh. You, well, there just was one here, Alice, 342 <laughs> years ago. So you could see how somebody might get confused. I don't think the police administration had the sense that the message that they sent, that they feel like uh, their officers need to be in large numbers and armed to be safe in the streets where unarmed people walk all the time. The people who live there, Mictum said. See, they're putting armed people out there who are policing unarmed people, says the city councilor. It's a worldview that pervades how much white guy with ponytail is this. It's a worldview that pervades their messaging. They view their job as showing force, he said. What a bitch that guy is. Eric Crawford Chairman of the city's civilian police review board said he believes the intent was good, but not the execution. Here we go. Okay. Now imagine this is a civilian chairman of the civilian the city's civilian police review board, Eric Crawford. Mm-hmm. Quote: "You can't look at the police as military. P- people were probably thinking, are they saying our streets are out of control? That we're animals?" Who said that? Who said anybody was animals? By the way, do large numbers of uniformed people, are they dispatched to take care of animals generally? (laughs) Where did animals even come from? Who said anything? Civilian Review Board guy says, people were probably thinking, are they saying our streets are out of control, that we're animals? Here we go, Alice. Instead of having them in some sort of formation, just have them walk. Maybe carry a bag of candy canes <laughs> <laughs> to hand out to kids. 
Dr. Alfred Titus, oh, thankfully, we got an adult who's going to come in here. Dr. Alfred Titus, mm -hmm. who teaches criminal justice policy at John Jay College of Criminal Justice, agreed. Agreed. Just the fact that they went into the community shows they had really good intentions. They really did. But I don't think whoever came up with that video understands what the community wants, said Titus, a required New York City police homicide investigator. Well, the people in the, um, in the neighborhood want police there because they keep calling them. For emergencies. Right. And they keep getting shot by criminals, and the women keep getting raped at record levels. And their levels. catalytic converters stolen, and their local store have all the detergent and by the way, the taken police, out of it unmasked yes. and everything else. Yes, and these police, by the way, are simply walking down the street. Yeah. There's no, without even real guns. Yeah, without guns. Unarmed saying police. Saying hi to people. Now, I know that they don't the have street. candy canes, but <laughs> they're just saying hi to And he continues. <clears throat> By doing it in that way, you're showing you really don't understand. It creates the opposite effect of what you're trying to show, that police are human. Police are regular people, he said. Marching through the community isn't the way to do that. It's not? They're walking through the community saying hi to people. How? What do you want them to do? Be in civilian uniforms and, and playing basketball? These are police. There is a compact with the government that they will provide a semblance of security. And you know the, who they are because they have those uniforms. Right. It's remarkable by doing that. You're showing. So in other words, the problem is that Professor Titus and all these other insane people in here, including the chief, have told people, have have baked in to people the idea that all cops are bands of roving racists just trying to kill young black people. Yeah. And now they're saying, well, you're going to trigger them. Well, we're triggering them because of the lie you made about them. Yeah, because you've been writing stupid editorials for years now since Trayvon Martin telling people that the police are just hunting down young black men in the streets for absolutely no reason and killing them that that's been the the narrative on the left so yeah if you tell people that and that's their perception of what police officers do then maybe it would be scary but like you can't make up the lie and then and then you know act like there's something there because there's something that you made up. It's the same right. thing as everything else. Like they just launder the same nothing claims through the same newspapers and act like that gives it credence. Like now this is now because this article was written another example of something like toxic and scary the police did. So this now goes in the pile of stuff proving that the police are bad when it's like once again nothing wrong with what the police did. You're absolutely right. And what does it mean about the media that they kept the candy canes quote in. That means that the uh, the reporter is a true believer. And the editors are too. Oh, that's powerful. Candy canes, that's good. It's mm -hmm. seasonal too. That's good. Really, if you were to look at the news story itself, you would say, guys, if you want us to take this, um, this workshopped idea that the police were really scary because a bunch of pussies and activists couldn't handle it. Maybe, maybe talking about them armed with candy canes is maybe going a little far. Well, and doesn't it just go to also like the unseriousness that the left has about everything? Like it's like they don't understand at all what the point of any of this is. Like all the stuff they do with all these <clears throat> military branches posting about pride stuff and non-binary mm -hmm. people and and you know, what's your horoscope sign and every other the dumb thing. I'm like, do these people understand what the military is for? Like, that it's for no. killing bad guys? Like, do they understand what the police department is for? Do they understand that the police department are the people who are supposed to have guns so that, like, criminals don't do bad stuff? Like, do they not see any connection there between, like, the crime rates and all the stuff that they're asking for? And, like, there, there's just no... They have no idea right. what the point of a police department is or why you have one right. because they're so concerned with their like DEI initiative. That just like they have no concern for what like the Sierra Club does. Now it's time for it to have like, is, was it the Sierra Club or Audubon? Who was it? Who had the like dancing drag queen bird person? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I, I, oh, I'd forgotten that. But like, oh, my God. they don't know what any of these things do. They don't know what the point of them is. They just take them over and use them for their own insane purposes. Like, yeah, they want cops who walk around handing out candy canes yes. because they don't know what the what a police department's for. It's never occurred well, to Alice, them that it's not just to 
hand out candy canes and make people feel good because that's all the all they know how to do. And when they take over your company and your HR department and everything else, that's exactly what they want to do there too. They don't care about like what no. the company's doing, the software you're building or anything else. They're just like well, they're also like talk about you know touting false um, false data, etc. They're touting surveys on crime, saying that crime has gone down everywhere because convictions have gone down. Where that's exactly true. yeah, because they're not prosecuting exactly. Anything. And by the way, the ones they are prosecuting, rape and murder have gone way up. But they're even though it's rape, which is just the girls being um, assaulted, and murder, which is taking somebody's life, even those are up. They're celebrating the new crime results. Right. Guys, look across the board, except for two exceptions. We're doing right. Oh, because they're saying, the see, it shows criminal justice reform works. You know, it was never about- The crime went down. Yeah. When you stop calling anything a crime, I guess it goes down then. You know what? We could reduce the murder rate, too. If we stop calling a bunch of murders murders, we could stop that, too. That could go down. Let's get back to this total and utter pussy, Toady. Toady said he agreed with the Twitter post. This is a police chief. In a city full of crime where cops die, a police chief who's just scared of 130 people on Twitter is is totally capitulating. Tony said he agreed with Twitter posts suggesting that future recruit classes be divided into smaller groups when moving between locations. A lot of people want to see our officers on bicycle patrols and walking beats. A lot of people don't consider it intimidating, Tony said, adding that Hartford residents frequently ask him for more police presence in neighborhoods. We're all still coming to terms with the change in how we view our police officers. I think the majority still want them out there and want to engage with them, but some don't, he said. On the first day of school, we had officers greeting children, high-fiving them. Some people want that. Some people think it shouldn't be there. Mictum, the city councilor bitch, said uh, the way recruits went through the neighborhood was the problem. It would have been much more accepted if they went in as small groups, going into each store and introducing themselves talking with the owners, maybe explaining some new initiatives. That individual focus is what the community is looking for. Small groups. So has there been a spate of police killing people in groups of 35? Yeah, I think that's how they usually do it. They sort of mob up Flood the people. zone and kill whoever you can. <laughs> it's normally like a traffic, whatever. I can't. It's just so insane that it's hard to like process. So the the current offer allowed one commenter for this who said, "Well, imagine the opposite: street gangs looting and shooting up the town. Which is worse, optics? People need to get a grip. Uh, correct. <laughs> <sighs> what else is up? Homie? I like that story. The last thing that I had that I really wanted to get to is um, sale. Like a lot of companies now, because we're going into a recession, even though." You know, the Biden administration won't allow us to talk about that. Um, A bunch of companies are doing layoffs and stuff. One of them is Shopify, which is a huge e-commerce platform. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, sorry. I'm mixing these up. Salesforce had a bunch of layoffs. They're laying off 10% of staff and cutting office space. Sorry, I have two stories, so I'm um, mixing the two of them up. Salesforce is laying off 10% of their staff, getting rid of 8,000 jobs. We hired too many people leading into this economic downturn. Uh, what does it mean that they hired too many people leading into this economic downturn? What didn't they see coming? Uh, the economic downturn? Correct. <laughs> the environment remains challenging. Our customers are taking a more measured approach to their purchasing decisions. So, And this is something like all all retail is struggling right now they're a company that does e-commerce obviously so right by they, the way just a breaking news mm-hmm. item amazon will lay off a total of more than seventeen thousand employees a higher number than initially planned people familiar with the matter say it's from an hour yeah. ago so three years ago they had forty eight thousand employees there was obviously a lot of e-commerce during the pandemic they hired they were at eighty thousand employees this year and they are cutting eight thousand jobs which is a lot. And and that's in line with like Facebook's doing it. Twitter obviously laid off probably more than that. But they don't have any cuts. They're also getting rid of a bunch of their office space, which is great. I mean, more remote work. I don't think I think a lot of these companies are fighting a losing battle, particularly the tech ones to get people to be in the office. Don't you think? 
I mean, like, yeah. I, I just think you can't be competitive and be asking people come in. Uh, Trista, she's sure they didn't lay off any of their DEI staff. I don't know. When, <laughs> when, when the cutting comes, it's sometimes like, then people start to have to make real decisions about where they're making their money and stuff. And sometimes, sometimes companies do have to make some choices like that. So one that I really liked, and this is less a layoff story and more something else. This is the Shopify story that I thought was really interesting. Um, they're finding like other ways to make people be more efficient. So, um, one of the things that I've seen people doing is Shopify has told its employees to say no to meetings, essentially. They started the year on January 1st, and they said, we're starting the year by canceling every recurring meeting with more than two people in it. And they're encouraging their employees to decline meeting invitations and get out of big internal That is chats about GD like time. And I know a little lady who um, who is handcuffed to mm-hmm. uh, Zoom meetings. As employees return from the holiday break, the e-commerce firm said it's conducting a calendar purge and removing all recurring meetings with more than two people in perpetuity while re-upping a rule that no meetings at all can be held on Wednesdays. Zero meetings hey. on Wednesdays. Big meetings of more than 50 people are in a six-hour window on Thursdays with a limit of one per week. The company's leaders also encourage workers to decline other meetings and remove themselves from group chats. Um, so... So I wonder, you know, it's very interesting what that can do to office culture because there are people who are just simply good meeting facilitators. And there are other people who are absolutely useless but who survive by piping up during meetings. Yeah, and a lot of me, and sometimes about nothing, about nothing. There are a lot of companies where a lot of time is used at meetings with, like, little gearing up for the day stuff and chit chat and whatever it is such a waste of time if you care about your company's efficiency and no one wants that well maybe some people do i don't know but um you know it, it goes along with the work from home thing if you don't have to pay for the office space and your employees can get their work done at home and now if you don't have to waste a bunch of their time making them sit on zoom calls with a bunch of other people talking about nothing or going over the same ground again or whatever like a lot of meetings can be an email actually like can be you sending an email to somebody to ask them something um of course like there's course. no reason for a lot well, of Well that said Alice so I do I think, like that rule I, I do think mm-hmm. that that there's nothing worse than slack Well yeah and that's what it said that it you need people they're encouraging people to remove themselves from internal group chats as well Yes that is poison poison Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, uh, ready for the chat chat? There's only two messages. Ready? Mm-hmm. I thought Tim and Canton said he left a message about my face. Did you see it? There's an anonymous message here. Could it be that Oh, one? maybe it is. Okay. Okay. Maybe it is. Let's get to uh, Justin first. Hey, Tom and Alice. Hi, um, Justin. Justin the Hoosier. Uh, I was just wondering uh, if you guys ever, like, listened to a podcast but then they just delve into Trump, and you're like, he's not even in power anymore. Why are you still talking about him? Why do you have TBS? Um, but I'm just like, uh, I was trying to listen to one podcast called um, uh, The Produce Stand. It's about Letter Kenny, the TV show from Canada. And um, they just started delving into Trump. And I was just like, I listen to this podcast so you guys can talk about the show Letter Kenny. So if Tom, so Tom, if you could spend a minute or two talking about Letter Kenny, then I might be sold. Letter Kenny, it's called. Letter I don't know Kenny. what that I is. This is going to bring me to a porn star. Letter Kenny cast. Oh, 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 that is a thing. <clears throat> it's a sitcom. Um. Uh. Yes, Letter Kenny is my favorite sitcom. As a matter of fact, it's a uh, a rom com, if you will, Alice. Hmm. It's about a, an erstwhile author trying to uh, make a living while his wife is um, his wife is uh, earning uh, money as a an escort. As a matter of fact, hmm. and um, the the next door neighbor is a zany, wild person, Alice, who sometimes says everything backwards. As a matter of fact. And uh, wears a whipped cream mustache for much of the day. <laughs> it is a heck of a good show. I would suggest it uh-huh. anytime. Now, I will say something about this. Um, uh, Trump derangement syndrome about podcasts. 
Yeah, I have like bailed on Sam Harris before because he they, because a lot of people have these infantile nervous breakdowns and it's it's off putting. And it's you a bad like look. a lot of podcasts where the people don't like Trump too. Yeah, no doubt. But I see these people just lose it, and like even I, of course, I listen to Bill Maher podcast when he has um, Rob Reiner on. Reiner can't just keep it together and stop being a bitch for a second. You know, you're a grown man, stop mm-hmm. panicking in front of everybody. That's so so. Unfortunately, yeah, I do. I do run into them where that happens. I don't generally listen to. Uh, um, any any where people consistently where people are like that. I listen to commentary. They're not pro Trump, but they're not bitches. Same thing with Jonah Goldberg. I like him. He's not pro Trump, but he doesn't cry. But this has also been going on a long time. Like during Bush, people were also crazy. Yeah, but I and think, like and that yeah. was a thing. I mean, obviously podcasts weren't a thing then, but like I remember I, me and my sister went to a Green Day concert at um. I think at uh at Gillette actually. Um in like probably 2005 or 6 or something. And um and him like complaining about but at the concert. It's like seriously just Well, like, his whole album was themed that, right? No, I know, but it's like just do the concert. You know what I like I'm kind of with well, Justin the- is, is there's times when like you're doing something that's like unrelated to the topic at hand and it's like can you just like I know the Dixie Chicks were mad when people said just shut up and sing, but like, can you just though? Because that's like you're just what people bought tickets to the concert. Well, for. but also the thing is, and and people can say whatever they want, but the, the for the most part, these people are only smart at music. Right. They don't know anything else, and they're fools, and they think they're speaking truth to power, and it makes them feel like they're like really being revolutionaries, and they're just mm-hmm. a holes. Um. Okay. Hold on, Alice. Hold on. Where's my next thing? Two observations from yesterday. Okay. One, you would think that this face cream Tom put on <laughs> was like getting a blast from a wave motion gun based on how it supposedly burned his face. And two, that sound that Alice makes is not a sound of sympathy. But it's actually, <laughs> I think, a sound of disappointment that her husband puts men's skin lotion on actually we've made lots to discuss we've made some progress in this investigation tim i have to tell you is that we've discovered that what tom thought was face cream was actually a hand soap that i bought and put on the counter right put on the counter where usually there's always face cream so now there's there's now there's a hand soap that looks like a hand soap that's always been there now there's a Hand soap that looks like a face cream right I next like to it. I like better hand soap. And I assumed it well, says hand soap well, on it. I, I assume it's a, it's a white bottle, like oil of Alea or Neutrogena or whatever. I don't know the the, the brands, Tim, because I'm not a <laughs> sissy. So, but 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 you put it. So get rid of one. So I had this stuff essentially. Thing. Who knew? It's still dry <laughs> as hell. It still feels like you got a freaking sandblasted. It's it's ridiculous. And that is the fault of. Alice, that is the fault of Alice. T- I have never told you to put, if you have skincare questions, I'm gonna you say, can by actually the way, come to me because I'm actually kind of picky about skincare and, why is this, and Alice? I like Do you have a background a in I've cosmetics. I come from this industry actually, by the way, but. Are you a beautician? No. Um, Why, how are you not a beautician? You used to do beauty stuff. Because that's like a license thing. Oh, bulk. Just it's, say you're no, a beautician. No, I'm not a beautician. Just say, yes, you stuff. are. She's a licensed no. beautician. No, but I do know a lot about skincare, and it's something I know a lot about, and I would never tell you to put hand soap on your face, and if you are looking for something to well, put on your face- Why do you have face, the most, I... most uh, moisturizer-looking hand soap bottle and product ever? But I had it on my forehead yesterday <laughs> before I had distributed <laughs> it, and what did you remind me of? To spread it around my face, and I did. <laughs> But I thought you had an actual face right. lotion. We do have various moisturizers in our bathroom. If you're looking for one, I can point you in the direction. Or I can get you something especially for you that's for your skin. But, you know, I I wasn't asked. You didn't ask me. You just used my hand soap on your face. Like, weirdo. I, I didn't know. But the mystery has now been unraveled, Tim. And now we know. Now we know what Tom was up to. Somebody did recommend that Tom use some um, coconut oil, which I'm a big fan of coconut oil. I always use it to take off my makeup every day. That's what I use. So, um, you know what? I consider this. This is a, t- a a tweet that just came through. Okay. This I think is the most minifan type of tribute to John Stewart. Okay. And this is by an a-hole. 
Who's the biggest a-hole we know in the mini fandom? The biggest a-hole? The biggest. The biggest. Um, Who we like, by the way. Manners? Correct. Who, by the way, <laughs> by the way, future note, by the way, if we go on Manners in Montante. Don't use the same don't story. Don't use the same story. Did Doctor I do up, that? I don't know, but apparently it's against, uh, against the rules. Can't use the same story in case some egomaniac peruses <laughs> it when we're going to be in trouble. Jesus. Speaking of that, <laughs> until just then, um, we, we, we're very possibly going to be talking to Kirk. Well, Minahan. they said it on their show, so I think it's like not a secret. Yes, but Alice, their podcast is a tiny bit bigger than ours, so if they say it, I think we can probably say it. Well, I understand that, Alice. But, but you might have just ruined it. There's still plenty yeah. of time to ruin it. Oh, yeah. The tiniest thing. It's off. It's off. <laughs> I'm sure it's off right now. Um. So listen to this. The biggest a-hole in the Minute Fandom is obviously Manners, who we of like course. very much. Listen, this is his tweet. Don't look at me. Look okay, at I'm me. looking. I won't Jesus. look it up. <laughs> look about the Zillennials having problems with the phones. You've got the biggest problem with the phone. <laughs> he says, no doubt at Tom Shattuck is next. I assume Kirk's tributes to you will be just as touching. <laughs> But I'm sorry. I think that's actually. I, I think uh, that's a very uh, minifan centric uh, a tweet. And though cruel and insensitive, it is also kind of a tribute. I think to uh, to John Stewart, and uh, I think he probably, being a minifan, would appreciate uh, that. Okay, I'll bring somebody in for whenever I do humor <laughs> from now on, Alice. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Um, we appreciate it. Thank you so much to John Stewart. Great minivan, great burn barrel fan. Um, awesome guy. Memory eternal in our prayers for you, John. Um, and um, yeah, everybody else, thank you for being here. And if you want to join Patreon, you can do that at patreon.com slash burn barrel or always for free burn barrel Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.